podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast on Enfield Index. My name is Matt McElroy, and I will be your moderator for today's discussion. I am joined today by Lubo Murkoff and Paul Jenkins. How are you doing today, guys? Paul? I'm doing good. I'm doing very well. Um, I'm, I'm a bit sore after playing, uh, uh, playing football for like four hours today. So doing my, doing my coaching course, which was great fun, but has left me... Uh, Let's just say the old age is catching up with me. My uh-huh. joints and my, and my muscles are not as supple as what they need to be. Yeah, well, four hours is a long time to be on a, on a field. Yeah, especially when it was a rugby pitch that was cutting up um, after having like a week of heavy rain. It was very, very heavy pitch. It was tough going. <laughs> oh, boy. And, the, and then, Lubo, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, it's been work has been absolutely insane this year. It's already end of March, and it's it feels just nonstop. And it's it's almost um, even even I've had to work even on weekends, including today, and that has not been fun. But um, hey, hopefully, hope, hopefully, it slows down a little bit in the next month or so. But it's been it's been bad. It's barely barely have time to listen to podcasts. Never mind recording one. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It has been a very busy feeling spring. Um, so uh, I think that's a good point to start with our uh, opening question. So is there a stadium, team, or city where you would like to attend a game other than Liverpool? Uh, Paul, do you want to get us started on that one? Yes. Yes, I would love to go to Dortmund and see Borussia Dortmund play. Um, that has been uh, an ambition or a desire of mine. Um for a good few years now. Um, I'd love to see the yellow wall and just experience that atmosphere. Uh, I kind of have a feeling that it would be quite similar in some respects to Anfield and then in other ways just really, really different. So I'd love to, I would just kind of love to go to Dortmund and um, and, and see, yeah, see, uh, see Borussia play. See, um, I think see, that was see the yellow wall? See the yellow wall, just experience that, um, and it's it's something actually that I've I've talked talked over with my wife, and it's something that we would love to do. But or well, I would love to do. She would just come to love for shopping or whatever. But um, <laughs> it is something that we've talked about trying to do. But um, hopefully, inside the next few while, my my eldest boy Eli is learning German in school, mm. and uh, he he seems to have a keen. Uh, love for it so i'm trying to encourage him to keep going down that route <laughs> and then i would have like a translator who could go with us <laughs> uh-huh. that that would be really that would be really handy uh so i figured we would have the yeah. same answer because like i, I was also going to say dortmund uh, <laughs> uh it's just the i think like you were saying is there's a lot of parallels between mm-hmm. liverpool and dortmund and then you know, there's the you'll never walk alone connection and Jurgen Klopp. And I remember watching the Dortmund games before Klopp joined and always thinking that that atmosphere would be something to, yeah. uh, that would be great to experience. Uh, so my alternative answer was also going to the Estadio Azteca down in Mexico City. And like, that's just been a, the site of a lot of uh, games for the U.S. men's national team uh, that have been you know, good within the rivalry between the U.S. and Mexico. So I think that would be an interesting place to see a game. Uh, So, Lubo, uh, what about you? So one one place that I was actually hoping to be able to go to recently when I was in Berlin is the the stadium of uh, FC Union, uh, because Mm -hmm. it's a very tiny stadium. It's only 22,000 people, and I think the vast majority of it is standing. 
and apparently the atmosphere right now is just crazy. It's electric. I was actually there uh, uh, during the week when they had the home game against Ajax, which uh, they won. And I was mm-hmm. desperately trying to find tickets, but it was impossible. <laughs> it literally was impossible. They had already uh, sold out their season tickets even before they got to the Bundesliga. Uh, and now... It's it's just ridiculous, but apparently the atmosphere there is insane, especially uh, now that they're in Europe. So I, I think uh, a, a game there would be fun. But uh, the other one, um, and I was actually thinking about it yesterday when I was watching the, the Legends game, um, and um, I think it would be fun to see a game at uh, at Celtic. So I, uh, I, yeah. I, I and especially if Celtic played Liverpool there. Um, I think the atmosphere would be actually quite uh, quite insane. I mean, I've obviously I've never been there. I, I've heard that it could get quite crazy with the atmosphere there. I mean, you could sense the atmosphere against Rangers. I mean, I, I, at Rangers was actually quite quite mad, but I think uh, at game Liverpool at Celtic would actually be a lot of fun to see if it ever happened. Yeah, that would be a, a very uh, raucous atmosphere. I think be an interesting game. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Uh, so I think this is a, a good point uh, in time to, to look back at, at what's happened uh, since we last spoke to you. So... Uh, Liverpool posted 2-0 wins over Everton, Newcastle, and Wolves, while also drawing against Crystal Palace. Uh, Liverpool then defeated Manchester United 7-0 before losing to Bournemouth. Um, So in the Champions League, Liverpool got out to an early lead against Real Madrid, uh, but then conceded five goals uh, in a disappointing loss at Anfield. Um, In the away leg, we saw Liverpool lose 1-0 and get knocked out of the competition. Um, also, sadly, it was announced that Roberto Firmino would be departing at the end of the season after eight years with the Reds. So I think we should start there with, with Bobby and talk about our favorite moments. So, um, Lubo, what are your favorite moments of Roberto Firmino's Liverpool career? There have been quite a few. I mean, it's not a secret to, uh, people that I interact with more regularly, including on, uh, Anfield Anfield Index Discord that Bobby is one of my favorite players. You know, he might as well be uh, my most favorite player during uh, Jurgen Klopp's time at uh, at Liverpool, and he's had some 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 crazy some crazy moments. Uh, quite a quite a lot of crazy moments, right? <laughs> I think that probably the the, the, the a couple uh, stand out. One is uh, quite early on. Um, it was uh, I think at Stoke. A game that uh, I think it was maybe twenty, even twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen season. Yes, very early on when uh, uh, Jurgen basically started a very young team, and Bobby and Phil were on the bench, and they came on later and they scored. Both of them scored, and we won two one. But the the the, the Firmino goal was just a thunderous volley out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and and just that goal and the way he celebrated. And in many ways, I I feel. They, it, it was just really announcing himself, right? With his just the exuberance that he had, I, I really loved that goal. And then, um, obviously, the 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 game against Arsenal where he scored the hat trick, and uh, he just danced danced through the uh, through the entire Arsenal uh, defense. That was also a, a very very special goal. Um, and um, probably the one against PSG, the the sort of the pirate imitation, the one eye pirate imitation. That was the also quite special. Yeah. <laughs> the eye patch, the eye patch. I would say that one was quite, uh, quite crazy. Just, just because of you know how how electric the game was, 
and and the the swings in in that game. So I mean, a lot a lot of really good moments uh, in there. I mean, obviously he has not scored as many goals as as, as Mo in his career at Liverpool, but he's had some phenomenal ones. He still has over a hundred goals for Liverpool, so it, it's he's scored a lot, even though he hasn't scored quite as much as Mo. Uh, and the funny thing is that that goal against Stoke, that volley, is also one of the things that always sticks out in my head of like moments from Roberto Firmino. Um, just funny that that also resonates with you. Uh, my moments, though, are just all all the like celebrations. I've just like always enjoyed like the variety in which he like comes out with it each time he scores a goal where it's different. It's like lots of guys just do one thing their whole career and he gets a new celebration every few weeks and it, they're all like classic. And I was thinking back to the one where he scored like the fourth or fifth goal against Palace. And it's like, he had just got the Dayglow teeth with the electric <laughs> green Jersey and he takes his shirt off and then like goes to the camera, this heart thing. And like that, just like a very funny moment, just like all those things together. Um, so I thought that one was good. And then like the eye patch one that you're mentioning after the week after he got poked in the eye by Jan Vertonghen, uh, that was a, like to score a goal so close to that like horrific injury. That was a great moment. Um, uh, Paul, what what are your moments from Bobby? Like I think you guys have. I've kind of covered the ones that I was thinking of, but also like <clears throat> one of the things that always stands out for me in Bobby's play is his no look stuff. Those no look passes, those no look finishes. It's just that it was all it. It is his confidence and his um, self belief, you know, that that he can do mm-hmm. sometimes just the sublime and the ridiculous, um, and like. Arsenal, that, that 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 Arsenal game, dancing through the the defense and setting the defenders on their on their backsides and scoring goals and the thing that you always loved about Bobby that 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 you know that that he can score different types of goals um, tap ins, no look tap ins, uh, thunderbolts from outside the box. He can be very Brazilian flair and you know his twists and his turns was against was there a game against United? He had a lovely. You know, twist and turn and a, and a flick through the legs, and I think one of the I think one of the best memories. It's it's probably not like a a, a a career moment that we look on at the minute because it's so fresh, but it's probably one that we'll look back in a, maybe a year or two years time. That that goal against United, um, in the seven mm-hmm. nil win a couple of weeks ago, in the week that he had announced. You know, or it had come out that he wouldn't be renewing his contract and he'd be moving on. I think everyone was just willing that somehow Bobby would get a goal and for him to go on and score and just like, you know, the place erupts because Bobby gets the seventh goal. I think, you know, that'll be a memory that while at the minute it's so fresh, you nearly don't think about it. It probably mm-hmm. will, will be one of those ones in a couple of years' time. You go, that, like, that, was, a, that was a really special moment. Um, but yeah, like he's just one of those players where this you kind of look at him and go because he's been surrounded by uh, initially you know we fell then you had Mane come in then you had Mo come in it's never really craved the limelight because those guys were always around him and kind of doing you know getting the adulation he was like you know he's always there or thereabouts but those guys were kind of getting more so he's nearly underappreciated at times because there was other guys around him but I think when he leaves we, we already know this when he leaves it's a big loss whenever Bobby's not in the team and it's going to be you know it's going to be an even bigger loss when you don't have him on the bench to bring on or you know to throw into a game so yeah there's lots of good moments for Bobby's career right and he for so long, he basically like was the system in terms of the gagging pressing, and exactly. you wonder like what what would Liverpool look like without him over that period of time? And it's just like unfathomable, right? Like it's just like he was the the team, yeah. And at least in terms of that trigger point, it's like, and it's kind of like Barcelona's tiki taka. It's like you don't have that without Xavi, whereas like Liverpool yeah. or like Klopp's gagging pressing may not happen without Roberto Firmino. Well, that's what I was going to say. It, it probably it would probably look how we look right now, 
disjointed at times and kind of yes. like it's just not it's just not clicking. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, like the the two things you might need for Jurgen Klopp's gag and pressing are Roberto Firmino and then midfielders with like big engines and like you don't have yes. those two things right now. Yes, and yeah, that's exactly. why it looks so weird. Yes. Totally, that's the issue. <laughs> it's how we replace that going forward is going to be is going to be a big issue. Yeah, yep. Lugo, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I mean, one thing you said about the celebrations actually, one thing that I loved about the Bobby celebrations is actually Sadio always tried to imitate him. Yeah, <laughs> and the two of them had just such they were such a pair, and and it's 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 actually now think, talking about this makes me miss Sadio as well, but. The yeah. two of them were just so much fun, and uh, same with uh, when uh, Phil uh, early when Phil was still at Liverpool, they, the two of them used to celebrate. Uh, they used to love to celebrate, and then uh, uh, Sadio would join, and then obviously Phil left, and then it was Sadio and Bobby, uh, and just just the Sadio was just so much fun to 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 imitate <laughs> imitate the uh, Bobby celebrations but uh, no what you said also about the system i mean you, we're seeing it part of it we're seeing it and i think that early in early in the season when bobby was available and he was playing and it it, it just seemed more competent even though we didn't always get the results just the system seemed more competent and it it took it took quite a bit of tweaking and and it took uh, bringing um, Cody Gakpo and, and somewhat trying to uh, uh, shoehorn him into a Bobby role, even though he's very different. But at least that uh, that more of a central pressing uh, uh, player, um, someone who who just play a little bit deeper and allow the 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 the, the wider to uh, to to be uh, further up the pitch uh, to cut inside. And uh, it, 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 Bobby will be a big miss. I mean, it's 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 true. And I don't know. I I, I do get a little emotional thinking about it. I, I wish that he had decided to stay. And it does seem like Liverpool are open to keeping him, and he just wanted to go somewhere else and just move on. But that must not have been easy for him either. No, and you know, it, he's at the age where if if he wants to play, then. He's got maybe what two, two or three more years as a starter, um, mm-hmm. maybe at a slightly lower level than the top end of the Premier League. So uh, for him, it's like he's got to make the decision now, and it, it does seem like he just wants to wants to go and do that or or take on a different challenge for for the final couple years of his career. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So uh, I think that that's a good point where we can start looking at... um the latest run in the the Premier League. So the results have been a little bit better. So Paul, do you think that um things are a little bit are are fixed or trending in the right direction in terms of the tactics mm. and the performances? Um <laughs> I think <clears throat> it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> There's times when you look at it to think, okay, we've nailed this. Seven 0 against United, you know you're kind of going, right, we've worked this out. We're, we kind of know what we're doing. We're, we're steamrolling. What is one of our you know, main rivals in the, in, the, in the Premier League every season? You're kind of going, right, well, we're, we're, we're following through in that trend that we've had for the last number of seasons where we've beat them and beat them um, convincingly. And then you come up against Bournemouth and you're like, why, why have we lost to Bournemouth? And then you watch the next match that Bournemouth play and you go, 
why did we lose against Bournemouth? Because Bournemouth are like no disrespect, they're woeful. And you're kind of going, like what what's going on with Liverpool that, that we can get the 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 runs together, Everton, Newcastle Wolves, a draw palace, whitewashing you know, United, and then you lose to Bournemouth, and you're kind of going, have we sorted the issues? Or and you kind of go, well, we've obviously sorted some stuff because we've put together a decent run, and then you just think to yourself, you know, what what was the issue here? What what's? I think obviously the big problem that we're having is just small niggly injuries, and we said this in the last in our last recording, just that <clears throat> trying to trying to uh, overcome that. And get everyone back and fit. And when you think you've got someone back fit, then you get someone else coming off. You know, Jordan Henderson was like, he had a cold and then he was unavailable. And then you're having to bring Milner in or you're having to play, you know, you're having to play different players in positions that you didn't think they were going to play. And, you know, Naby may as well be have his bag packed and be sitting at the airport because he doesn't seem to have any inroads into getting games and then Bessetich you're thinking there's a young fella he's coming through he's reliable he's he's you know he's steady that's going to help us see through to the end of the season and then he's gone for the rest of the season you're kind of going right okay what you know what's what's happening here and how do we kick on and get our, our season kind of worked and you're going have we fixed it have we discovered the solution and then you're like I don't know <laughs> so I think you know, I think there's an element of we had found something that was working, but as just seems to have been the story with this season, we get that to work for five games and then an injury happens or, you know, a suspension comes along or, you know, there's a tweak that's made and all of a sudden we're like, we're rocked again. We take a bad result and then it just knocks confidence. You know, I think the big Buzz phrases that we've had for so long, doubters to believers, mentality monsters. You know, even when we go behind, we always knew we were going to win. This mm-hmm. season has been the complete opposite of that. We've just lost all confidence. So even when we go, you know, you, the, this sounds bad, but there's even times when you're sitting in that United game going, right, we're 3-0 up here, but if we scored a fourth, we might be sure that we're going to win this. You know, because you're always just kind of going, all it takes is for one uh, slip-up mistake at the back. And you've let you've opened the door back up again, like as we've seen in in, in the Real Madrid game. You're two 0 up, but you're kind of going, are we actually going to be able to see this out? So I think within the Premier League, we're obviously doing a whole lot better than what we were for a period there, but you're still just not confident that 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 we'll be able to see it out to the end of the season. So I, I think my my summary on that is it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde. We're, we're we're two steps forward, but then there's the odd time where you're a step back again. You just don't quite know what team you're going to see. Right. I think that what you're you're hitting on there is a lack of consistency, and mm-hmm. a lot of that is the difference between playing at home and playing away. Right. And yeah. a lot a lot of what we're seeing is like when Liverpool play at Anfield, they're lights out. They're really good. That's where you beat uh, United seven nil. Like lots of good performances there at home. Then they go away and just struggle against teams like Palace and Bournemouth. And it's like, what what about just that element of travel is making your performance level drop? And, you know, figuring that out in the next two months is going to be, do you qualify for Champions League or not? It's probably like that. that's the difference. And, you know, the the, the schedule is not like that difficult after the first week and we'll look at that a little bit later mm-hmm. but um it's really about what what are you doing at home that you can replicate on the road mm-hmm. and see see how that how that pans out uh so luba what what are your thoughts on on this so i don't i don't have explanations for why but i have a few numbers a few stats that i have been looking at um over the last couple nice. of weeks uh, and I think they explain what happened, but you know, don't necessarily explain why it happened. But the first thing is home versus away, right? And I think that mm-hmm. obviously, uh, if you look at the results at home, we've created more XG. So I think we we created something like uh, uh, thirty four. We have thirty four goals from twenty seven XG at home. So we have created decent decent amount at home. 
uh, and we have uh, scored more than we have uh, created plus seven, right? But if you actually take out two of the games, uh, United and, uh, and Bournemouth, in the other home games, we've actually underperformed. <laughs> so we've actually been get, able to get, get the results at home outside of those two big games, despite actually the, the strikers underperforming. And a lot of that is due to Darwin and, and Mo uh, missing a lot of big chances, um, uh, home and away. So, uh, so, but, but because of those two games, if you look at an aggregate, we actually have done quite well at home. But if you take those two games, we still actually, for the, for the other home games, we've actually scored fewer goals than we have created. And, and again, a lot of that is just, just dumb finishing luck and Mo and Darwin not, not finishing a lot of the big chances. But we've still done enough with home to, to have good record. I think we're third in the league. Our home record is third in the league or fourth in the league. So from that perspective, not too bad. The issue has been away. Uh, and... Away, I think we created 21 XG, and we've only scored, I think, 14 goals, 13 or 14 goals. So, so it, it, not only we, we, so we created uh, fewer X, uh, less XG away, and that's, that's, that's normal, right? Most teams create less away. But the fact that, that uh, we've just scored a lot less than we've created is why a lot of these, uh, we've had a lot of these away results. Um, and in fact, uh, if you look at the, 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 the games against five teams, away teams, five away games against teams that are in the bottom half of the table, so that's I think Wolves, Palace, uh, Bournemouth, um, Forest, I forget what the last one. In those five games, five away games against bottom half of the t- uh, table teams, Liverpool have scored zero goals from 9.5 XG, which is ridiculous, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. More, we should have scored 10 goals in, in those games. And even if we, and I think in those games, we, we drew two at Everton, uh, so at Everton and I think at Palace and then lost three. So that's two points from, from you know, possible 15 where we created 9.5 XG and scored zero goals. And I think that to a large extent explains why our away record has been so bad. I mean, even if you, do, if you got... 10 out of those 15, po- uh, 15 points, you're basically smacking in, in, you know, right up there with Man United fighting for third place. And, and that has been a, a big, big reason why we are where we are, which is basically, especially a way failing to score. And a lot of that has to do, again, with Darwin. A lot of that has to do with uh, Mo. Some of it has to do even with Virgil and some of these other players are just... I mean, you're thinking about Forrest and how many, how many chances did Virgil have to score? And say, same at the, the, the game, uh, what was the last game at Bournemouth? I mean, yeah, Mo missing yeah. a penalty and, and uh, uh, Virgil had a couple of really good chances. One gets cleared off the line, the other one he just puts wide. So that has been, honestly, some of it is just, you can say it's dumb variance. I mean, if you score zero goals from 9.5 SG, it's just a lot of it is just dumb luck. You also wonder how much of that is, you know, you know, they get the players get motivated, they get excited to play at home. If you're playing away, and we've had a lot of early games, a lot of twelve thirty games uh, uh, away on Saturdays, where you're traveling and the other team is is just fired up, the fans are fired up. Maybe you don't start a hundred percent, and then you allow a goal, and then you're it's a real struggle. And that's basically what we saw, you know, uh, last game against Bournemouth. So it's been it's been. I'm not saying we've played well away because we've still, you know, allowed quite a lot of um, uh, opportunities to opponents. But if we had had just normal finishing uh, in uh, away, especially against the poor teams, we could easily be eight to ten points better off in in the table, and we, it would not this season would not seem nearly as 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 dramatic. So yeah. I mean, and and I'm I'm not saying you know there's questions of why, right? Sometimes finishing is 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 luck. Sometimes finishing is mental. Sometimes you know finishing is who knows. And there's probably a lot of pressure that they feel when they're away from home, and that pressure is what makes it even more difficult for them to score some of these chances. I mean, how often do you see Mo Salah just just shooting a penalty and just was like a whole yard off the post. I mean, that was crazy. <laughs> Normal once he's missed. I mean, he hasn't missed a lot of penalties, but 
you don't see that. You, I, I think this is the first time that Mo has just completely missed the frame of the goal for Liverpool in a penalty, right? And I attribute a lot of that. I think they realize that away from home, they're struggling. They realize they're not really scoring their chances. They realize they're creating uh, and, and, and they're missing. And I think that just adds extra pressure uh, whenever they're away from home. And I think that is, that is again, one of the reasons why uh, they've, they've struggled to score, plus just the, the usual dumb luck, you know? Yeah, so I was just having a quick look uh, about the stats that you were mentioning there is against Bournemouth and United, it was 16 goals from 6.1 XG. And so that massive overperformance really makes the home numbers look good on aggregate. The other thing is that the Liverpool's goal difference is plus 18, and 16 of those, that 18, came in those two games. So if you take those two games out, Liverpool are basically playing even for the season. And so that those, those two outliers are are very much uh, uh, pumping up the numbers and like sort of papering over the cracks a little bit in terms of yeah. the egg. Absolutely. And, and just the overall, but that's exactly <laughs> what you said and what I was pointing out. Even at home, then, if you take those two games out, even at home, we have still been underperforming DXG. And then when you go away, it's, it's even worse. So for the season, outside of those two big games, we've just been scoring less than we've been creating. And I think that's been putting a lot of pressure on, on the attackers. They've been putting a lot of, and probably they've been putting pressure on themselves. Um, and, and the good thing is, though, and I think we'll get to that when we start looking ahead, is luck turns around. Finishing luck is, I like to say, is, is fickle. It can turn around. And all, all it takes is uh, a, few, a few balls to go in off backsides, uh, of shanks, of opponents' uh, heads. And, and next thing you know, uh, they could get on, the, on a really hot uh, scoring streak, and hopefully that happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, just a, another point on, on this, um, st- in the same vein, is against Wolves, Liverpool underscored their XG despite being very dominant in the game. And so, like, that 2-0 win should have been, like, 3 or 4. And so it's just that stuff is, like, you even your... Even your wins could have been much bigger, um, mm-hmm. and and so that it's just an interesting thing how how much the finishing is going to dictate how things go and how things have gone so far in the season. So uh, another thing I wanted to touch on briefly is um, was the Real Madrid tie as bad as it felt? Uh, Paul, do you want to get us started? Um, I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. See, when it, so when it comes down to that Real Madrid, the first 30-35 minutes was probably up there with the best performance of our season up until that point because we haven't played United by that stage so that was kind of one of the ones where you're kind of going actually it looks as if a few things have been sorted out here you know Darwin's finish was great um, then you know the pressure for the second goal you were kind of going okay this is this is the Liverpool that we're we're used to or that we've been used to seeing over the last you know the last couple of years and then for some reason we then got the Liverpool that we've been used to seeing this season. 
<laughs> um, which is individual errors. And let's, let's take nothing away from Benzema and um, from the different Real Madrid goal scorers because ultimately they took their chances and they took their chances really, really well. Um, and so you're kind of going, as a tie, did we play poorly? In places, yes, but ultimately we started it really well. We got the two goal advantage. You're sitting at Anfield, you think this is going to be this is going to be okay for us, um, and then we just kind of capitulate a wee bit. You know, Benzema's fifth or the Benzema's goal for the fifth one. You know, Ali comes rushing out, and Benzema sits him down. And then you know, even even then, when when Ali's on the ground, there's still there's two defenders between them, um, and he just with his with his what they, they would call his weaker foot smashes it into the top corner, and you're kind of going like, that's there's just sometimes where our finishing this season has been poor. You then have a guy who's on a hot streak who just you know. No matter what he does with football, it ends up in the back of the net, <laughs> and so you're then kind of going. Did the tie feel as bad as what the result ended up being? No, I, I, I don't. I don't think the result was necessarily indicative of how that match went. But in some respects, it just summed up our season. In yeah. that we start, we started it really well. So we've had moments in this season when we've been great. Bournemouth, United, and um, some of the other results that we've seen, Everton and Newcastle. You know, some of those results that we've seen this season, Man City, when we've been good. And then you go away, and you know, for whatever reason, you lose matches. That was like what the, that that seemed to be. That Real Madrid just seemed to be like uh, a, a a micro picture of kind of what our season has been like. Great moments, and then absolutely terrible moments, and we get punished. When in other seasons, we've been able to kind of handle those moments and not get punished the way we got punished by Real. Yeah, it's like you're both unlucky. And played poorly mm-hmm. in certain mm-hmm. parts of the game, right? Because like mm-hmm. the, they score five goals from one point six xG at Enfield, totally. and so it's like every shot they took for just a short time went in, and it's like yeah, some somehow Liverpool managed to make like every single mistake they've made more than once in the season in that like yes. third period and so it's like oh man what is going on here mm-hmm. but then at the mm-hmm. like you're saying at the beginning of the game you have like the good moments which we've seen sporadically throughout the season uh, mm-hmm. and then I think that the you know the most disappointing thing is sort of that response after I think yeah. it's the second goal and then also in the second half in the away leg is just those those things are like where the response from the players is like that's where it's like I don't know maybe things aren't right um but and and those are the the parts where you look in previous years where you've gotten that mentality monster response and it just didn't yes. happen and yeah. that's that's where it's like ah oof, what's 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 up with that and um, yeah. so we'll we'll just have to wait and see uh, how they respond just going forward. Uh, so Lubo, your thoughts on the the Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, the Real Madrid, as you said, uh, uh, Matt, if you just look at the uh, chances created and the XG and, and the opportunities, I mean, really, the, the game at Liverpool, probably based on the chances, should have been a 2-2 or even a 3-2 uh, mm-hmm. Liverpool win. Uh, but really, it all turned around, uh, I think, in, in about five-minute period in, in, the first, in the first half when um, where Liverpool were up 2-1 and pushing to, pushing to score that third goal. And there was a scramble and a few chances uh, to to score, I think there was a clearance off the line twice, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and then they just didn't go in. Right, it's one of those yeah. weird moments. And then it was, I think, like two minutes later, or three minutes later, is when uh, Allison just hits uh, Vinny Junior in the calf, and just the ball loops in and goes in. And you and that really turned things around. I think it's just if if Liverpool had scored to go up three one. You just never know what would have happened. That doesn't mean they would have yeah. advanced. Doesn't mean they would have stayed at at three one. But it's a big difference to be up three one at halftime than to be up uh, to be tied at two two, and and just to feel like how 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 with two two right uh, with uh, with that really unlucky goal, and so some of it was just 
bad luck with the scramble and and the the the, the deflection going into the into the into the net. Some of it was just poor execution, and you know, unfortunately, Allison yeah. he's he's been great, but he's had a couple of those uh, brain farts this season. He had an, a, another one against Wolves uh, early yeah. early in the year in the FA Cup, I think it was. Uh, so I, it's it's not it's I don't know if it's the FA Cup or or, or the the league. I'm forgetting now. But I, I think if, if it, 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 uh, what you guys said is that it's not Liverpool are not better than Real. And across the two games, Real were the better team, uh, yeah. especially in terms of just controlling the play and just not panicking and just not giving in. And unfortunately, I mean, the reality is uh, Real Madrid's midfield <laughs> is better than Liverpool's midfield, mm. especially without Thiago, right? When, when, once, yeah. you, once you account for that, it's not that surprising. But there was uh, an element of, of luck and a lot of I, I just really the tie was more or less decided in some ways that that period in the first half. And, and there was a, a huge element of luck in there as well. So, I mean, going going to Madrid uh, down 2-5, the, the tie was already decided. And you knew that, yeah, yeah Liverpool would try and had Liverpool scored an early goal the way they did against Barcelona. Who knows? I don't think that they. I don't think you could beat Real Madrid three uh, nil at 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 the Madrid. But I think the fact that Liverpool didn't score in the first half, and then by the second half, I think they just they kind of knew the writing was on the wall, and then Madrid just regained the initiative. So, I mean, overall, Madrid was the better team, but you never know what would have happened if if Liverpool had somehow gone in three one at halftime in the first game. It, it could have been a very different tie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think this is a good point where we start looking ahead to the to the end of the season. Um, so after the international break, Liverpool will face a stiff run uh, in the Premier League schedule with away games at Manchester City and Chelsea and Arsenal visiting Anfield within an eight-day period. Then after that, the schedule lightens up and I believe Tottenham is the only real top four contender to go to the end of the the season. So, um, how do you guys see the initial games after the international break um, shaping up? Lubo, can you get us started? It will be tough. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 are, are I you think, sure? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really <laughs> unlucky that that I, I, we've talked about these away games, the twelve thirty away games, and in 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 previous seasons, and I had a discussion with uh, with with people on Twitter about this. And in the seasons where, you know, 18, 19, 19, 20, even last season, Liverpool did quite well in these, in these uh, early games. Uh, but a couple of things. One is that they were more evenly balanced out. Uh, I think we had, on average, we had, even if we had four or five games, usually they're split two or three at home and, you know, two or three away. So there was more balance. I think this season we will have had only one uh, 12.30 game at home, and that was uh, against Chelsea. And we'll have had five or may, possibly even six away games at uh, 12.30 uh, away. And it's, it's just, I, I, I think that when you're already struggling a little bit with your away form, and when you are um, having issues scoring away, and then you're, you're told you have to go and, and play at 12.30, on a Saturday, it just makes it really, really hard. And I think these 12.30 aways is also another reason why Liverpool in general have, have struggled uh, this season uh, uh, away. It, or it, I'm not saying it's, it's, it is the reason, but it's one of the reasons, right? And then the fact that you have to go to Man City at 12.30 on a Saturday, uh, right after the international break, when players are coming back from all over the, the, the world, uh, and they don't have any rhythm or they've lost rhythm, I think it's just brutal. I, I mean, I, I don't have expectations from, from the game against Man City, and I know they've, you know, we've done better in these bigger games, but to me, anything in that game is a bonus. You get a draw at Man City, great, it's a point. I'm looking forward to the other 11 games, and honestly, the other 10 games. And after, the, after you play at Man City and at Chelsea, you have 10 games left, six of them are at home, four of them are away, and the away games are not that bad. To me, those 10 games are going to define 
uh, what what will happen the rest of the season, whether the team can finish in top four. You have those 10 games, 30 points uh, 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 to, to win. That is, hopefully, if Liverpool can do another run like like they did at the, to finish the 20-21 season where I think in the last 10 games they won eight and drew two, I think a run like that in the last 10 games would be should be enough to finish in top four, um, but the games at Man City and at Chelsea uh, right now, I would take draws. I would take just the most boring, the most awful nil-nil draws in both of those games, and you just move on. Yep, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it has been seventeen. I think it will be seventeen days of the gap between games for Liverpool, plus all the guys going away for with their. With their national teams, so it's like it, there's going to be no rhythm for Liverpool to start against City. Uh, the one thing is like City is typically the game that they get up for and they play well in. And even when they were struggling in the fall, City was like the one game where they did do that. So I'm hoping that we get some sort of response from the players in that game like that. Uh, to at least, you know, put up a fight and maybe get back into the swing of things. Uh, the Chelsea game is going to be interesting because um, in the last three, maybe four games, there have been uh, zero zero draws, right? The nil-nil draws. Mm-hmm. So you have 240... Uh, you had the two, the two cup finals, which were regular time yeah. and extra time plus then the, the league game so it's it's like some crazy number of minutes that there's been no scoring so it's like is that going to happen again or is if is one of the two teams finally going to score uh and like i have no idea and that that it, that's going to be interesting um to see what happens there but then the arsenal game i was like i think liverpool have a pretty good chance at that one at, at winning in in that game um but uh, yeah. Paul, what what are your your thoughts? Yeah, I think for me, <laughs> whatever way it works, if we can get six points from those three games, we'll set ourselves up pretty good for the for the rest of the season. Um, four wouldn't be a disaster. Um, I'm with you, Matt. I think Arsenal is a game that we can win at home. Um, I don't know. I, I know Arsenal are top of the league, and everyone's ranting and raving about them. I. I I just don't see them as being. I just don't see them as being like this great team. I They're think. not invincible. No, and I think the, the the thing about this season is they're capitalizing on a season where steady aren't playing at their best. We aren't playing at our best. Chelsea are well off the boil. United are still on their way back. Spurs are rubbish, and then you've got Brighton, Newcastle, Brentford, Fulham. You know, kind of these random teams that are all working their way into the top of the table. So I just think, I just think Arsenal are. It's it's a season where they're capitalising and uh, on on other teams' inadequacies rather than Arsenal being absolutely superb. So I look at that game at home at Anfield as one that 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 we can definitely get three points from. Um, if you can get a draw at, at City, that's brilliant. I still look. I still look at Chelsea and think, you know, Chelsea are Chelsea are not playing all that well under under Potter. So there's definitely a chance that that that, that we can go there um, and get three points. Um, Chelsea for me is probably a game that we that we could get, you know, a win. And Arsenal's a game that we could get a win. And then anything else, I think, Lou, as you said, anything you can get a City is is a bonus, but. <clears throat> Football is a really weird sport. It's so hard to predict, um, and so you can see us going to City, getting a win, losing at Chelsea, and drawing at Arsenal. It's just one of those kind of things where you're like, we don't have a clue. Eight days, three big games, half twelve kickoff away. Anything, anything can happen with those. So it's it's not ideal. But then again, you know. You think, well, playing Forest, that should be a guaranteed three points. Playing Bournemouth, that should be a guaranteed three points. So maybe playing against City, Chelsea and Arsenal is a good way to actually kickstart things. And those might be the games that we pick up points from. And it'll be the random teams that we end up dropping points to. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right that 
somewhere between four and six points from these three games is going to be like around good enough because mm-hmm. like the games that come after are going to be where that like top four race is won or lost. Yeah. And, and I think that you're just sort of shooting for that, that four to six as a baseline. Yeah. What you don't want to do is lose the next three games. Lose yeah, the next like, three games, and it's really, really difficult. It's hard to come back from that. Or, or if you just get one draw and two losses, like something like that, yeah. that, that sort of combination of results, that that's not going to work either. Because uh, no. then you're 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 super deflated going into your nine, last nine games, which you probably have to win every single one of. So, mm-hmm. getting no, any, go ahead, Lubo. Yeah. yeah, and getting in anywhere between four to six points from these two, ga- those three games. Would be would be pretty good. I mean, six would be great. So if somehow he can he can beat Chelsea and you can beat Arsenal, then you can afford a loss against Man City. But even if you beat Arsenal and somehow draw it at City and Chelsea, and you have five points out of those games, I think you can yeah. build on that. Because the it, the problem is is again, as you guys are saying, you don't want to lose all three of those games, and then you have effectively nine games to try to just make a run. Because you're just chasing too many, too many teams. And it's not that you cannot do it. It's just that you don't have a lot of the head-to-heads anymore. I mean, we've, yeah. you know, we have only against Spurs, but then you know, Brighton is in there. Newcastle, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've, okay, we've beaten Newcastle twice, but still, we're still behind them, right? So mm-hmm, you need, mm-hmm. need to get a few points at that first week uh, to, to, to at least one is to, 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 you know, keep, keep adding points to the total. But, uh, two is just not to, not completely to, um, lose confidence for the remaining nine games. Cause it, it will be very, very difficult. Um, and I mean, getting even a couple of draws at, at, let's say at, at Man City and at Chelsea, I think most fans would be okay. And then you, you come, you, you welcome Arsenal at home. And I think that Anfield would be actually in, in, in full voice. And as Paul said, I could, I could see Liverpool uh, getting a win uh, uh, against Arsenal, especially given what happened at Arsenal early in the season. I mean, we were, we were robbed in that game. Yeah. It was awful. It was awful of, of the goals that were allowed and the penalties that were given and not given. And it, it was, uh, it was quite, uh, quite awful. And I think the other thing is just, you know, in terms of available players, right? And, and, and hopefully mm-hmm. everybody's, everybody's uh, you know, stays healthy on international duty and, and comes back. But um, this is an international break where I think most, most teams play only two games. We have an international break where they play three games, and that was terrible. Uh, but two games is not too bad, and which means a lot of players will still stay in, 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 uh, in good shape. Uh, but if if players can can stay healthy and come back, I mean, uh, Klopp has options. I mean, right now with Bobby back and with Diogo back, you basically have five senior attackers. You have still have Carvalho. You know, you have midfielders. You know, even Curtis Jones. I think that the, one of the big questions is, you know, is Curtis Jones ever going to play for Liverpool again, <laughs> or at least this season? But and he was now, brilliant for the. Yeah, in England the other night. Yeah, on the twenty ones, he came in for half an hour and he was boss. You know, he was really good. Yeah. He had an assist. He had a goal, um, and especially with with Bajcetic out and 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 Naby Keita apparently in, in the doghouse. Even though Naby Keita also apparently played very well for Guinea, yeah, uh, in, 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 as well. So so he's there. He's fit. It's just that he's not being picked. You know, so 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 Klopp does have the the players even with Bajcetic out, unfortunately. He does have players. It's it's just finding the right balance and and the right mix and rotating them. And I think he definitely now has the the, the players. And hopefully Thiago is back. Hopefully even uh, uh, Luis is back. There, there are available players to to rotate and to use all five subs and 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 to go for it. it it's just that ideally you can start that first week with. I mean, six points would be amazing. But even four or five points, you could live. You could live with uh, for the for the for the remaining nine games. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. Getting Luis Diaz and Thiago back, who are supposed to be back at least in the first couple weeks of April. I don't know if we'll see them in that first week against in those in these big games we're talking about. But they're supposed to be back, and hopefully also Darwin and Jota, whatever they've got going on, lingering for their the the 
injuries that have been bothering them throughout the season. Hopefully this international break, they were getting a chance to like recover a little bit um, and are able to be ready for the final two months because Liverpool are really going to need them. Um, so I think this is a good point to, to look at uh, our final question for the podcast, which, which is, do you think Liverpool will get top four? Paul, do you want to start us off on that one? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can go to Lubo. No, no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I think <clears throat> we're the positivity podcast, so I'm going to say yes. I do think we get top four. It's going to be tight. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, I think we asked this question. Was it maybe not the last podcast, but the one before? It, and we were all very confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get top four. We're probably at the point now where it's like. A hopeful confidence rather than a yeah yeah I'm dead I'm dead certain that we're going to make it um I, I you know looking at the games that we have left there <laughs> we're away at Leeds Leeds are going to be battling because they're not having a great season but after that well you've got Forest Forest are sitting all right in the table at the minute and um, you've got we're away at West Ham so you're kind of like that's going to be a bit of a battle after that. Your home Spurs, your home against Fulham, your home against Brentford, your away to Leicester, home against Villa, and you finish against Southampton. By which point you think Southampton will prob- possibly be down, um, and so is there much left to play for? So I, I kind of think yes, I do think we're we're within touching distance, and so yes, I do think we will get top four. But we need to play a whole lot better than what we're playing <laughs> to make that happen. But I'm still positive. I'm still, I'm still kind of in the mindset that yes, this, this, this is still achievable. Yeah, uh, I, I'm hmm, thinking about your question about like how confident am I, and it's, I, I think I'm still like, le- like pretty confident on yes. Uh, looking yeah. at some different different things uh, bef- in preparation for the podcast and the the five thirty eight model is one of the things that we reference from time to time here and they have it as pretty much a four team race for Mm -hmm. that top four that final fourth spot um with newcastle being the favorites right now uh so newcastle's on 44 percent liverpool 29 percent tottenham 25 percent and then they have brighton at 26 percent and so like brighton's sort of the sneaky team because they Mm -hmm. have um they've only played 25 games and so they yeah, they have a game, game in hand half. game in hand on Liverpool and the same mm-hmm. number of points. So mm-hmm. they're like the one that ha- hasn't actually showed up in the table above seventh, but that's because they haven't played enough games. So it's like you have these four teams vying for that one spot, and then you look at well, what what's the level of points that Liverpool are going to need to achieve, and they probably. Um, are going to need to get to that low seventies mark, or like as yeah. get get as close to that low seventies mark as possible. So then, like we're talking four to six points in that first three game stretch. You might have to win all nine of those games, even if you get the four to six um, exactly. to to get close to that. So it's it's like a it's a tough thing, but you know Brighton with that um, game in hand, and the, I think they're still in the FA Cup they're going to have a lot more games than they're used to playing. So they could get tired legs. They might fall off. It looks like Tottenham sort of um, in a weird spot as a team. So they, they don't look as threatening, but then it's can Newcastle survive long enough in terms of their performance um, to actually get it over the line. And yeah, yeah. That, so I think that they're still the main competitor for that, that final spot. Yeah, because like looking at Brighton's fixtures here, right? They have to go away to Chelsea. They're they're at home to City. They're at home to United. They're away to Arsenal. So they still have they still have big games that they need to go and play. So you're kind of hoping that, that that there'll be difficulties there. Newcastle are at home to United. Newcastle have to play Spurs. Newcastle are at home to Arsenal. And then they finish the day, they finish the season away to Chelsea. So, like, yeah, there's still so much football that needs to have played here. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's also 
since they are playing United in the FA Cup semifinal, if they win that game, they'll go to the FA Cup final. And do you prioritize yeah. winning that trophy over maybe like going all in on getting to the Champions League? So there's exactly. still a lot of you know question marks there uh, in terms of like what Brighton decide to do with their more yeah. you know packed schedule, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lubo, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I was going to reference the the five thirty eight model, which you did, and even if you look at the bookies, you still see Liverpool is up there as it, it's still the good shout for fourth, right? Uh, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, how how you look at Newcastle, and Newcastle got very lucky with a dodgy penalty at Forest uh, a, a few a few days ago and won it at the end there. But I none of none of the teams that are competing for fourth uh, for top four. And here I'm even going to put Man United are great. <laughs> and what I yes. mean by that is, yeah, I mean, I Liverpool, Liverpool has problems, but all the other teams have problems. I mean, you look at Spurs that just blew up a, just blew a, what, like a two goal lead at Southampton to draw 3 3, and Chelsea drawing at home to Everton 2 2. I mean, you look at these and you're like, ugh. And, and same with Brighton, they, they, they drew, uh, where is it, at Leeds or they, they blew Leeds. So, None of these teams are perfect. And in fact, there's only two really solid teams, uh, Arsenal and Man City, and then that's it. I mean, even Man United, they've been getting the results, but they've been getting the results with rather mediocre performances and getting quite lucky in a lot of the, the games. And for the thing about Man United is they still have, the, like you said, the, the FA Cup. They're still in the Europa League. So they have a lot of games. They have a big squad. But they also have a lot of games, and it's it just all they need is a, a couple of two or three bad results against them in 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 the uh, in the league, and you could see them being dragged in. Um, and so I I like to think that something like what happened in in twenty twenty one, where Liverpool just made a late run, and then Leicester and Chelsea kind of fell apart, and Liverpool all of a sudden jumped over both of them. And ended up into uh, third place. I I would love for something like that to happen, and and just see <laughs> that at the end of the season we're uh, we're actually all of a sudden in third place, right? Um, I think that we have what forty two points. If we can get thirty points out of the last thirty six, that I think seventy two points are good enough for fourth. Seventy two points might even be good enough for third. Uh, this season, but that that will be difficult. I think twenty eight points to get on seventy. That's probably enough. Maybe even sixty nine points, which is what Liverpool had uh, that couple seasons ago. That might be enough, but it'll require two things. One is what we talked about um, uh, for 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 us is that we'll need to make a run. And out of the last twelve games, you're probably looking at winning eight at least eight of those eight nine of those games to really have a a good chance, which would require consistency um, that, unfortunately, we haven't seen, especially against poor teams. Uh, that's one. But two is exactly as you guys are pointing out. A lot of these teams still play each other, so a lot, you know, the, you know, Newcastle. I mean, so Newcastle and Man United and, and Brighton and Chelsea and Spurs. They have a lot of games against each other, so points will be dropped. And I think it's just it's very difficult right now to just try to. Uh, come up with all the different scenarios, but I do think if, 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 in some ways, if Liverpool can be, can come up with a run like they did two seasons ago to finish the season strong, um, I, can, I can see them uh, finishing top four comfortably, and in fact, I, I think there's a decent chance that they could jump over Man United into third, which actually would be quite hilarious at, at the end of the season. But uh, let's mm-hmm. see. It, it, it's, it really starts with uh, the first two games um, after the break. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some good performances and then take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. There's also the the wild card scenario where Man City gets punished. And so then more spots are available than we're thinking would be available under normal circumstances. So uh, it that that's also a potential possibility that there's actually, you're fighting for two spots instead of one. So. Yeah, I would not. I would not. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't I, count I, on it. But like, it is. <laughs> it is on the table. 
It is on the table. I think that there, there is even some scenario potentially where Liverpool could finish fourth and miss out on Champions League in a very convoluted scenario. I'm not even sure what it is. I think it involves Chelsea winning the Champions League uh, and finishing outside of top four and Man United winning the Europa League and finishing outside of top four. So there, there are weird scenarios like that, right? But I don't see them happening. So I, th- I think the more, likely, the more likely thing would be just to see what is the run in the league, um, win, win as many of our, our um, 12 games. Like I said, I eight, eight wins out of the last 12, and I think that, that, that will be sufficient. Um, but let's see if it happens. Yeah, Liverpool need to control their own destiny and do what they can to get top four and not worry about the weird scenarios. Okay, uh, so let's uh, let's wrap things up here. So, Paul, what are your final thoughts and, and plugs? Um, final thoughts are let's just hope we can get a few wins <laughs> uh, and let's hope we can find some sort of consistency. Uh and not have any more major injuries between now and the end of the season. I think we've had enough of uh, just key players just um, getting getting freak injuries and weird injuries. I, I just kind of feel that we're two months left to go. I'm kind of weary, <laughs> trying to hang in there with the positivity, but there's just a wee bit of weariness is setting in. Um, so hopefully when we come to do the next podcast we will be um, in a good frame of mind and we'll be happy with the games that we'll be, that we'll be talking about so yeah that's me <laughs> sounds great Lubo your final thoughts my final thoughts is also the schedule is not just in terms of the teams that Liverpool will be playing but just how frequently they'll be playing uh, does open up a bit, not being in the Champions League anymore, not being in the in the FA Cup. You don't have to now worry about a lot of midweek games. I think we have the Chelsea game. I think the Fulham game got rescheduled to midweek. There might be another one. So I think in the last two months, there's maybe three midweek games, which means that Liverpool have a lot of, uh, a lot of games on uh, just a regular week, just a full week of rest and training. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully between that and some of these players coming back healthy, especially with Thiago and Luis come back and Klopp having a full, a full squad to, to pick from, hopefully that means that there's a, a lot more consistency in, in, in the performances as well. So uh, just between the teams that Liverpool have to play after, after Man City and Chelsea and Arsenal, and then having just a lot more rest, a lot more just regular rest days, Hopefully, it means that um, they can actually put together the results needed to to see them finish in top four. Yeah, uh, that I think that's a good place to to come to a close for today. Uh, so, until we talk to you again, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.